Hi, I'm Tom Marks with the Marks Law Firm in Orlando, Florida, and welcome to the Healthy Family Law Attorney. Today, we're going to talk about how do biological parents and adoptees find each other. And to answer that question, we have Steve Price, who's been on the channel before. Steve's a, a board-certified adoption attorney with Kramer Price and DeArmas in Orlando, Florida. How are you, Steve? Tom, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on again. Okay, great. Um, I wanted to follow up from our last video where we talked about the nuts and bolts of adoption law and talk about this very interesting topic. So um, why do biological parents and adoptees try to find each other? Tom, it's a great question. And this has become an issue that is only growing, especially with the ability of social media. You have 23andMe, you have Ancestry.com, you have uh, all kinds of things on the internet. And so there is a growing curiosity for adoptees, people who were adopted, and biological parents who want to know whatever happened. Uh, adoptions in the past uh, were generally closed, uh, meaning that once the adoption the child was placed, the biological parent may have little or no idea whatever happened to the child. Adoptees, on the other hand, well, they're looking to have information about their past. They may want what we call identifying information or, or non-identifying information. Non-identifying information may be, look, what, what is my biology? What is my chemistry? What is my family medical history? Um, because I love my adopting parents, but I do not share their um, preconditions or any of the uh, medical issues that may have occurred. So that's what we would fall. That's what would fall under non-identifying information. Of course, then there's the other, and that's identifying information. Identifying information would be documents that actually have the names, possibly addresses, and information of the biological parent. And so that is, uh, like I said, become more a subject of legislation across the country and even Florida is dealing with some of that. But the main reason is, uh, look, I, I just want to know something about my past and I think I have access to do it or maybe the means to do it. Uh, again, for medical reasons, for uh, curiosity reasons. Right. You know, I think people are very curious about their ancestry and their history and where they come from. And there's a lot of reasons why people would want to get that information. And I know Florida has uh, provided in the statute something called the adoption registry. Can you tell our audience what that is and how that helps in this situation? Yeah. And, and, and let me step back just for a second and, and just go back to what I said earlier is that in the past, older adoptions, adoptions done in the 50s or the 60s uh, or the 70s, there was a veil. And this veil of confidentiality uh, really has proved very strong. Well, now, Files still exist. Access can be given with court permission. One of the things that the state has put in now is an adoption registry. And that's where you as a biological parent or you as an adoptee can register with the information that you have. And uh, hopefully, uh, if you register, your information is there. If uh, somebody signs on or registers, and then there's a connection that is made and the registry will actually contact the parties. Ultimately, what the state wants to protect is everybody's privacy. And so you're not supposed to have the information without the consent of the other party because nobody wants to be surprised, or at least we want to do that as much as possible. 
Everyone right. has an expectation. Right. But that a registry is 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 what it says. It's a registry where you as an adoptee or you as a biological parent can register in the hopes that maybe uh, the other side will likewise register and the connection can be made. Right, right. And Florida set up a whole uh, process for this. And so tell us about who's the person that helped bring the biological parents and the adoptees together. So the greatest source, Tom, of information is going to be the adoption file. That is the literal physical file that was created in the time of the adoption, whether it was an adoption in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, all of them have a physical file. That's where you'll find this information. But who gets to access that? Well, a biological parent can seek to try and access that. An adoptee can seek to try and access that. What they need is before the court would give well, step back one second. An adoption file is a confidential file, so you actually need a court order to open it. Even if, even for a, a, an adoption file that was mine, where I was the attorney, I would still need a court order to open the file because it's confidential. And so nobody has just general access to it. Uh, you have to go to the court. What you would do is ask for an intermediary to be appointed. And the intermediary, I can serve as the intermediary when I do it for clients. But what I have to represent as an officer of the court, which you completely understand, Tom, is that I have to say I'm not going to give the information I find to my client, whether they be the biological parent or the adopting or adoptee. What I will do with that information is contact the other party and ask them if they are willing uh, to. Uh, be contacted. And if they are, then I now have the freedom to pass the information amongst the two parties, biological and parent and adoptee. If one of the parties says no, then I don't do it. And so you just have to go back to your client at that point and say, they're not open to it. And I've had both. I've had parties say, oh, it's absolutely go ahead and pass all my information. And my role is done. But I've also had families that said, we're not ready for that right now. And so I would tell your any viewers, if you're an adoptee and you get no the first time, don't assume that's a forever no. Uh, it just may be that you need to contact. And I've had those situations too, where it was initially no, and I contacted them a year later or two years later, and they were more open to it. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. Um, I think it's, you know, it kind of begs the question for me, what if you have, let's say the adoptee that's desperate to find uh, their biological parents, but the biological parents aren't quite ready. And, and the adoptees just like pressing you, calling you, asking you, can you just give me that information? It's completely confidential. So you can't do that, can you? You cannot. It, it would be a violation of state law. That right. is written in the statute, the confidentiality of the records. You need right. consent. You need permission. Okay. So when you're applying to the court as the intermediary, for uh, to unseal the, the adoption file so that you can act as a intermediary. What are the kinds of things you're telling the judge in order to get the judge to give you that order allowing you to do that? That's a great question. Tom, the one thing the courts will cooperate with is the non-identifying information. So to the extent there's medical records in there or background, we would the court would want it redacted, but the court will give that freely so an adoptee that's watching this and they want to know what, you know, can I get access to the information as long as we have an idea where the file is, what county it was filed in. And that's usually the place of birth. 
then we can access that and the court will grant that. If you want identifying information, now you're going to have to demonstrate a real need for that and good, what we would call you and I, Tom, in the profession, good cause for that. Uh, that can be a myriad of reasons. Look, I wanna know, uh, the court might allow it to be released to the intermediary with the understanding and order that it not be shared with the adoptee to give access, give me access, for instance, to contact the biological parent. Um, but no, you need to demonstrate uh, good cause. Um, right, right. So I know that this is a real growing area of law and more and more, more and more adoptees and biological parents are trying to find each other. And I know uh, you do quite a, quite a bit of this. So um, I'm excited about that for our audience because I think a lot of our viewers might not know that this is a possibility that they might be able to find uh, their children that they adopted out or, or their biological parents. And so you're doing what I call providing hope and help to families going through the uh, family law process and doing it in a healthy way. And of course, this is a healthy family law attorney. So I've got to ask you, like I did last time, I hope you have another healthy tip for our viewers. I'm going to tell you where I am right now. Okay. And that is being better at giving grace. Grace to yourself and grace to others. And so often it's easy uh, to react to something instead of giving grace. And as a, you know, as a Christian, uh, I've been given grace and I cannot withhold that from somebody else. And so where I am, what I, uh, what I would encourage you, and, and I've got a, a quote here, let me read it. I will hold myself to a standard of grace, not perfection. And I think that's important, not only as we view ourselves, we make mistakes, we, we fail, we succeed, we have victories, we have mountains, we have valleys, we move forward under grace. And if you're going to give grace, if you're going to ever receive grace, then you need to give it. Right. And so I, I think I, that's I, a lesson for me. I really like that, Steve. You know, it's interesting because I was um, on a Zoom call for the uh, Central Florida Family Law Ends of Court about a week ago, and that question was posed, what have you learned during this pandemic? And the thing that I said was to show each other grace, because mm -hmm. we seem to be so polarized as a society, as a culture, whether it be religion or politics or the vaccine or the pandemic or whatever, but to show each other grace. And I like what you added there about showing yourself grace. So thank you for that, Steve. Thank you for being on the channel today. Well, thanks for having me. This is a really significant issue and it's become one that's across the nation. You know, who owns that information is the great legal debate, which like I said, you could appreciate, Tom. Yeah. But, and the legislators are trying to work with it, trying to balance the interests. So yeah. thanks for having me. You're welcome. And it is a growing area of law. And I think it's something important for us to get out that, that information to our viewers. So. If you, as a viewer, have enjoyed this, um, or if you have a question, leave a comment below. I hope you'll hit that subscribe button, uh, like the video, hit that bell icon, and uh, we'll be shooting more videos in the future, uh, and I hope you enjoy them. So have a great week, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.